Welcome to the Free Birth Podcast, a supportive space for people who are learning, exploring, and celebrating their autonomous choices in childbirth. Together, we'll unpack truths, share personal stories, and claim our ability to birth freely and intuitively. Here's your host, Emily Saldea. very exciting announcement to make. The official Free Birth Society membership network is now live. We have abandoned mainstream social media and created our own private network, a truly safe space where women can be free to talk about pregnancy, birth, holistic mothering, and of course, radical birth work. And you don't have to be a hardcore free birther to join. This is for any woman who is curious about natural birth and natural mothering and who wants to explore any of the ideas that we touch on in this podcast in more depth. It's also a great resource for women who are planning a free birth, a place to share stories, ideas, information, and most importantly, community and support. Head to our website at freebirthsociety.com to apply. We are so proud of this new space and we can't wait to welcome you. Come join us in the fun. week with Andrea again, and this episode is all about elimination communication. We are here to demystify it and give you both the tools and the confidence to get you and your baby started. Let's teach our babies that diapers are not their toilet and experience deep levels of connection and communication when we honor their dignity and their instincts. And by the way, yes, you can do this. And it's actually really, truly not hard. We already covered your wonderful stories last week. So I just want to dive into elimination communication. And like I was just saying before we were recording, you know, you've kind of become this, at least in my world, from my sphere, you've become kind of the face of this, um, of this, of this movement of taking back, you know, what is so normal. Um, and, you know, we're going to weave in some of my experience too, and some of my personal questions um, throughout this conversation. And and our goal for anyone listening is to walk away with an understanding of um, of what not only what elimination communication is, but to really feel like you have the tools to start it. Um, because you know, when we pitched this idea on Instagram and, and let people know that we were going to be doing this episode, what I was really taken aback by was how many comments of women saying, um, "Oh, that sounds amazing, but I don't think I could do it." essentially is, is what I, we, we kept seeing. And, um, you know, Andrew is here to demystify it with me, uh, because you absolutely can do it if you want to, it does take, you know, some level of awareness and willingness, of course, but, but I personally have found it to be, uh, extremely easy, easier than I thought it was going to be. And so I'm just so excited to have you here, um, and get to pick your brain and, and collect your wisdom for this podcast. Cause I know a lot of people are excited for this. Awesome. I'm so excited to be here. I was very excited to see that um, your entire audience was like, yes, we want to learn about EC. Mm -hmm. You know, elimination communication is basically what people have done for all of human history. Um, Instead of using diapers, believe it or not, they (laughs) didn't really do that before. Well, let's see. Disposables were invented in 1961, really. 
Oh my God, and, that's like yesterday. I know. And wow. nobody wanted them. Nobody wanted to put their baby in paper and um, they didn't want them at all. So I actually, one of my mentors worked for Pampers for, it was either 25 or 35 years. He has like um, patents on his wall for the newborn cut diaper. Like he invented that. <laughs> Whoa. So I, I met him and I was like, oh, you're the enemy. I met him here in Asheville <laughs> in a cafe. And I was like, you're the enemy, but I really want to talk to you totally. and get to know you. So we met and... Um, I blew his mind talking about EC and he couldn't even talk to me for a few days. We had to get back together and talk again. And he was like, wow, you really changed my whole view on how far we've gone as diaper companies. And and basically he admitted to me that they hired a pediatrician back in the sixties to advocate that parents wait for readiness, this mysterious ready, that child saying, I am ready to be potty training, which is freaking ridiculous. Think mm-hmm. about it, people. It's marketing and it's really exquisite marketing mm-hmm. um, to where people will even get really defensive about late potty training, thinking that they're doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. But if you really look at the root of it, they hired a pediatrician who is still the head of the Pampers University. And um, he advocated that parents wait for readiness based on a study that has no science in it. You can look it up online. It has no scientific backing at all. Like so many things in birth and parenting. Oh my gosh, so many things. So, so we're basically being told how to parent by a multi-billion dollar um, network of companies yeah. who have created a product, not to go conspiracy theory, but let's think about it. How many disposable diapers have been thrown away with pee and poop in them and mm. chemicals over the last, it's been now 40, 60, 60 years, and none of them have ever biodegraded. There's about mm. 27 billion landfilled a year. Ugh. That alone though doesn't change behavior. We still right. use them. We don't care. And the reason is because we think we're helping our children by putting them in them for longer, but we're really just helping those companies. So, and I don't um, even know if it's that we think we're helping. I think it's that also the age of convenience and mm-hmm. not questioning uh, anything, you know, <laughs> and just being fucking television zombies, you know, and just that it's 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 what they give you in the hospital. It's yep. what you know your mom did with you, and you know anything outside of that, even cloth diapering, is labeled so successfully, you know. Um, across the mainstream as hippie or, or stupid or hard or yeah, challenging and just all of these ways to oppress the truth or suppress the truth. Um, yeah, which is which is exactly what you're saying. Yeah, it even goes back to like our sort of subconscious view of savage and like, you know, um, indigenous cultures. We, we think of them as impoverished or like we scapegoat and all of that stuff. And if we do it, they do, then we're not modern and we're not mm-hmm. civilized and all that stuff. I mean, you can get really deep with it. Mm-hmm. Essentially, we're not teaching our children to deal with their pee or poop. Right. Their waste is just sort of buried away. And that's kind of symbolic too. So you can get mm-hmm. really philosophical. Totally. To. But really the bottom line is, is that we have been robbed of our, our wisdom in this area because of these multi-billion dollar companies wanting to sell stage six diapers. I mean, these, anyway, so EC is basically what people did before diapers. And there were cloth diapers weren't really invented and used until about 200 years ago. So you're talking about hundreds of thousands of years in our current human form that think about it, really think about it. Do you think the human race would have survived this long if we were peeing and pooping like incontinent little mammals all over the cave? No, we wouldn't have made it this far. We would have had disease and we would have destroyed ourselves. So like any mammal, just like with birth, like any mammal out there, we all have instincts that we're born with to not soil ourselves. So EC is based on this instinct. And really we think about it. You're giving your child 
you're allowing your child their dignity. So you're allowing your child um, to be heard and you're communicating with them. And oh my gosh, the look that a newborn will give you even, a couple of weeks old, I have a four week old now, almost four weeks. The look that they give you when they see that you get them and mm. you understand that what they just cried about was that they they weren't wet and they weren't pooped in, they, their, their diapers weren't pooped in. They weren't crying to tell you that they need changed. They were crying. If you just back up and zoom out just a little bit, they're crying to tell you to get the diaper off of them so they mm. could go in alignment with their instincts and hygienically. Because mm-hmm. again, we're not going to soil our den or our caregivers or ourselves. We just aren't built that way. We're intelligent human beings from birth. We're not stupid. We're not born dumb and incontinent. Mm-hmm. So if you are aware of this- right, we, make, we make our babies incontinent. We train them into <laughs> diapers. And then three years later, we train them out of it and it's hell. Let me tell you something. I have never potty trained any of my five children. I've never had to potty train. Now I wrote a book on potty training because people would find me past the EC window of zero to 18 months, which mm-hmm. is really when it's ideal to start and finish the pro- the whole process. So in 1957, 92% of American babies were completely potty trained, done by 18 months. This was four years before disposables were invented so or were hit, hit the market. So think about it, just in two generations, our babies have gotten that much dumber and that less capable. No, there's no way. It's just market. So we can we well, can. It's, it's the same thing with birth, right? It's, it's like the all same, the same principles. Same thing with breastfeeding. All of a sudden, we didn't just yeah. like not know how to birth or not know how to breastfeed. No, breastfeeding, birth, all of that stuff, everything, you know, and and I don't. Okay, so I want to tell everybody. So most people say I can't do EC. Wow, that sounds great. And what you're talking about, you're really speaking to my heart, and I just love what you're saying. Mm-hmm. And then they don't take action because a they don't know what in the heck they're doing, which makes sense because how would we know? How would we know? We're a diapering culture. There's no blame here. Like we we have all been misled. Even our pediatricians have been told by the diaper companies in their textbooks of how to become a doctor, how to become a nurse. It says that they don't have sphincter control to 18 months. I mean. There's so many lies, so so many pervasive lies. Oh, and honestly, your baby can actually get UTIs, medical constipation, if you train after two years old. There should be a disclaimer on every package of diapers that say that this could harm your babies. Yeah. So we really, we really have been robbed of this wisdom and it's nobody's fault. But when you have the information, well, Andrea, what am I going to do about it? Because it sounds like just one more thing that I have to do and I'm already overwhelmed. I have no time, no energy. I'm completely like floored. I'm a new mom. I don't even know where I'd begin. And all of these objections come up in their minds and I get it. Because when I was starting with my first baby, I had read the book Diaper Free Baby and I had tried to wrap my head around it. It was even hard for me. That's why I wrote my book, Go Diaper Free, because I wanted a how-to with videos and and a community that supports you. You know, I needed that. I didn't have that. So I think a lot of parents, especially moms, don't start because they don't have the information, but also they think it's going to be harder or messier. You know, you have this imagining that they're going to be peeing and pooping all over the floor. Mm -hmm. That is not how it is. So when a baby wakes up, just like when you, okay, when you wake up, do you have to pee? Right. Yes. Okay. When you have just had a, a warm coffee or something, maybe within 30 minutes or an hour, do you right. have to usually pass a bowel movement? Okay. Totally. Maybe. Yeah. So think about a baby. When they wake up, they have the same hormone, antidiuretic hormone, which we have, was it more of in pregnancy? I always get the facts backwards because of my brain is gone with five babies, but <laughs> whatever hormone it is that makes us pee all night when we're pregnant, mm. um, 
you also, it also keeps, so this hormone, it keeps us dry at night and from pooping and peeing ourselves. We can take advantage of nature, you guys, and realize that EC is super easy because it's in alignment with nature. Right. And you just realize when my baby wakes up, I'm going to take them to the bathroom and offer like right when they wake up before this hormone wears off and their bladder fills, take them. And guess what? Within a day or two, they start holding it. They start to understand what's happening. And obviously so, we don't even yeah. have to take them all the way to the bathroom, right? If we're nope. still recovering from birth, you can yeah. have a little, a little bowl or a little potty. You sell a little potty, right? I do. Yeah. It got, uh, we couldn't find them anymore. The top hat potty they're called uh, or potty bowl. And so I had them manufactured recently and they're like, they're on tinyundies.com, my my sister site. But yeah, you can put, you can potty. You can even, if you're recovering and having a hard postpartum, you can lay them on a mat, a pad or um, wool underneath a sheet, or you can just get any kind of changing pad and you can just cue along with them as mm-hmm. they go and you watch them and you go, Psss. so making a running noise, P-S-S-S-S. When they're going pee, this builds sound association. Within a couple of weeks, when you're ready to get up and try to potty them, you hold them into position, which I'll explain in a second, and you make the pss noise and they've already been conditioned to understand. It's like teaching a puppy to scratch at the door, to go outside. Mm-hmm. And then when they go, or to whine at the door. And then when they go outside, you say, go potty. And then they go like on command almost. It's this, if you have to go, now's your chance. Right, and so ba- yeah, babies totally get it with repetition. So if you're not, so here's the deal, everybody listening. Oh my goodness. You can do EC part-time. And if you do EC part-time, some would even call it half-assed. <laughs> you actually might not have to potty train at all. And if anything, you might do like a little weekend wrap-up session before they're 18 months. You can do this completely half-assed and (laughs) and have great benefits. Also, by the way, whoever wants to change a blowout diaper, why would you sit there there and you know your baby's pooping? If you're listening and your baby's 18 months, you know your baby's pooping. You know when. So you just say, wait, get the diaper off, hold them in position or stick them on the toilet and then go. <clears throat> it's like it's almost grunt. no cleanup. Oh, so you do a grunting oh, with I the do poop? A grunt. Yes. On the poop, I do a different signal. Oh, I do the same on both. Is that bad? No, it's not bad. So there's no <laughs> right or wrong with AC. The cool thing about it is like everybody does it a little bit differently. Now sure. the way I teach it is extremely linear because it covers all the points and makes it completely easy and dummy proof, but you can vary from it to whatever length you want. It doesn't matter. There's no, pr- but it's, are you communicating with your baby? Does your baby understand what you're saying? And do you understand what your baby's saying? And every time you don't understand, are you committed to learning? Like, hey, maybe I'll just tweak this. Because guess what? Your baby is so forgiving. It doesn't matter if you screw the whole thing up for Right, time. and resilient, yeah. They're so resilient. They just appreciate that you're trying. Right, honestly, totally. Like, and actually, I found yeah. with, with the pooping that because I'm just waiting for her cues and then holding her over a sink or toilet, I actually don't even really need to do the sound with bowel movements because... I'm not cueing her to poop. She's actually cued me to poop. You know what I mean? Yeah, I totally know. Yeah, so I don't have to... So now that I'm like thinking about it lately, we actually don't even do it for that. I just do it for peeing. And eventually the noise, the noise cues go away and, um, you replace it with a word. Okay. Time to pee or time to poop, Mm. or you just, you just do it. You just bring them. And the key to EC as they get older to prevent resistance is to give 
the keys of the castle over once they start walking to really like get rid of the diapers after they've mastered walking. If you haven't already, daytime diapers go bye bye. Um, on tiny undies, I created tiny undies because my son had nothing to wear when he was ten months old and out of diapers. There was nothing that fit him, and it it just sucked. And he was just peeing whenever all over the floor. And I was like, this is the same as diapering. This is terrible. Right? Because if you can, you will, especially if you're a boy, baby, sorry, but they're very conveniently minded. And they're like, I'll just let a little out and keep going. So I, um, I have training pants that are all cotton. I have regular underwear and I have, um, these pull-up covers that I was just dying. Nobody had them. I was dying to get some. So I made them and with any combination, whatever you want, whatever works for your carpet or your stress level or whatever, the backup changes when they start to walk to something that encourages communication and that is, does not feel like a diaper. So then you're able to teach and train and give them all the tools that they need, this repetition routine. It's like teaching them to eat with a fork mm-hmm. or it's like, you know, changing from breastfeeding, transitioning slowly to eating solid foods, baby led weaning, some will call it. So there's this, you're just teaching and you are providing boundaries and explaining they know how to go to the bathroom. They're born knowing. Right. But you have to teach them what receptacle to go in and how exactly. to get their pants off. So if you don't do this and you wait till the everybody, your mother-in-law is telling you, you have to wait till two or three. If you wait till two, it's going to be so hard. What, what do two-year-olds, two-year-olds say all the time? My no. 22-month-old? <laughs> no. If yeah. I tell him, do you want a piece of candy? He says, no. And right. then he says, yeah. Wait a minute. Like, yeah, wait, I do. So don't try to wait. If you're already past 18 months, I do have a potty training book. It takes an average of seven days. It's actually super freaking easy. And it's, it's abrupt. It's like, you're done with diapers. You do the training. It is non-coercive, but it is not BSing around. You are doing it. You can do that at any age. So don't feel guilty if you miss the EC boat. But if you're in that range, just doing a little bit, just catch the poops. For God's sake, just catch the poops. The poops are like the grossest thing to clean up. And they're the easiest thing to usually to catch and to get into a rhythm with. And then get the morning wake up pee. Just those two things. Uh-huh. You just do those two things. And maybe every time you change your diaper, you potty them because, hey, the diaper's off. They're probably going to want to go. Uh-huh. If you did those three things, those are what I call easy catches. Oh, good. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> those are the oh, three yeah. things so, I'm doing. <laughs> and you know, on my YouTube channel, those are some of my most popular videos are the four easy catches. So there's one other one too. Before, you know, when they get out of the car seat, you know, it's just like transition times. Transition, when yeah. When would uh, any two-year-old need to go? When would a four-year-old need to go? When would you need to go? Think about it as when would this baby probably need to go? And we don't want to over-offer, but we also want to get into a rhythm, something predictable. And we want to use the same words or noises every time. Right. Um, and basically, like you can start anytime if you're listening between zero and 18 months with just those easy catches and figure out what one or two things work for you. And, and if that's all you want to do, that's it. Good. Because you're teaching your child this diaper is not a full-time toilet. This diaper is a backup. And when we are in tune, we get it in the toilet. And the end, I see my mom go in the toilet. My dad goes in the toilet. My brother and like, Yeah. And, and I've, I do things like when, you know, when she goes in the toilet, it's celebrated. And if she goes in the, 
in the um, diaper, I apologize to her. And I'll be like, I, I see that I missed this. I'm sorry. I know that this is not our preference, <laughs> you know, and I just like yeah. talk to her, not like shame her or anything because it's totally not her fault, but just like talk to her. And whereas when she's in the toilet, you can see how proud she proud. is. She's totally. looking up at us and she's smiling or yeah. she's like pooping and clapping. And, you know, it's, it's just so obvious. Um, and so a couple of things. So I want to back up to yeah. the stages of kind of what does it look like for a newborn? Like, like literally what, what would it look like for a, for a mom having her new first baby or first baby to try this with, um, mm-hmm. into just kind of the different phases up to 18 months. And then also, I just wanted to say that something that moved me so much that got me, uh, on board with this when I was pregnant was, um, I also read that book, diaper free baby, and, and it was great. And actually I'm lying. My husband read that book that <laughs> he, and then I, I transmuted it from him by osmosis. So actually what happened was in the pregnancy, my husband said, um, you know, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to learn? You know, you obviously seem like you've got this. So is there anything that, that you need of me? And I said, why don't you read about elimination communication? Because I don't really want to, I have some resistance to it. I'm not sure why, but we should obviously do it because it seems like the right thing to do. So you go ahead and read about it and you can pioneer that. And when baby's here, um, you can kind of be, um, the leader for that if that's how this pans out. And it actually worked out really well for us. Um, but what moved me so much that I wanted to throw into this episode was just um, how, as a nanny in Los Angeles for a long, long time, I was a, I was a nanny to many kids who were in the process of being potty trained, and it was so fucking traumatic yeah. for the kid and for the parents. And I I worked with this family who um, this is really common all over all over the world. I think that. Um, the kiddo was going to be in daycare and a requirement of the daycare was to be potty trained. And so all of a sudden, these parents find this out over the summer, their kids starting, the kids maybe like two, the kids starting daycare in August. So there's this very tangible deadline, but the parents have no tools. And like you said, they've been, you know, unconsciously training their kid that the the diaper is the toilet, you know, for two years of their life. And then all of a sudden, this poor little thing and this poor little set of parents has to figure out what is um, obviously a formula for a lot of stress. And as we know, in in the older years, you know, our, our sphincters and our our sex organs and where we go to the bathroom and how we go to the bathroom, and even if we're able to go to the bathroom, is also tied to um, stress and trauma and feeling safe and all of those core chakra, uh, root chakra, um, you know, principles. And so I just wanted to make sure to mention that this is a whole nother level of, like you said, you know, giving and honoring your child's dignity, but, and it's setting them up for a feeling of safety in their most, um, you know, most like intimate spaces Mm -hmm. that absolutely will affect, um, you know, childbirth, orgasms, you know, relationship to bathrooms and, and it just, all of it, it's such a big deal because as we know, as a society, we shame, um, all of that stuff, you know, especially in in girls, you know, I, I have met girls who will not poop in their school, you know, and, and so it, because of the, the embarrassing connotation to it, they will actually constipate themselves like young girls that I've met. Um, they will not go to the bathroom in schools. Um, 
you know, or, or, or I've met parents and I've watched them change their baby's diapers and they're like, Oh God, this is so fucking disgusting. And they're doing that over their poor, sweet little baby's face. And so uh, elimination communication offers a complete shift away from all of that into uh, a gentle and safe roadmap that is going to affect more than we we can even really comprehend. So, you know, that that's the space that that interested me. And, and admittedly, I had some resistance to it because so many mothers who ultimately I do trust and believe were saying it was easy. And I just was like, there's no fucking way that's easy. <laughs> it's easy because it's based on nature. And that's the right. same thing and then, with birth. Like my exactly. birth a couple of weeks ago, sorry, but it was easy. Yeah. It was easy because I was in alignment with nature. Exactly. And, and that's really the basis of it. That's the whole crux of everything. What you're saying touches my heart. I mean, it really is sad that we are told that we're going to damage our children psychologically if we train them early. I have on my blog post, so I have a blog at godiaperfree.com forward slash blog. I have a ton. I have so many free resources. There's so much. At the end of the podcast, I'll share you know where you can get my easy start guide, which is free, which helps you wrap your head around the basics of it. Oh my gosh. So... What bothers, so there's this article on my blog um, that was written by one of my certified coaches because I have I train parents to teach this as well in community with real life people. And um, she wrote up this whole article that was just about all of the different studies that have been done. None of them prove that early potty training is damaging. None of them say it. Even Dr. Hodges he only surveyed, he specializes in um, encopresis, which is like poop disorders for three-year-olds and above. And he surveyed 112 people in his practice. So of course, it's totally a biased, skewed right. study. And all it said is if you don't fully drain your pee, if you're trained early, then you're going to have issues later. Well, if you're doing EC, you're going to fully like let go of all right, your grasping at straws. Yeah. yeah. You're not going to have any stress related to peeing because it's and natural. And anything can traumatize a kid if it's and contained with pressure and shame and, and all how you do stuff. It. It's how it's you how do, you do it. it. And that so, was so what I loved that. about the, yeah. the, the book was that the yeah. one that I read or the one that my husband read was all about just be chill, like the, just be relaxed and approach this just how you, how you Said before yeah. about you know the natural catches and the keeping the energy around it um, mellow and celebratory and and loving and safe because duh we are training our babies in in our energy fields are training our babies we are and we're we're sort of we're modeling what is normal what is it like to be a grown up human being and our babies are paying attention if we do baby wearing they're able to really see and watch and mm-hmm. observe what we do and they prefer that it's like the continuum concept really informed my early parenting as well and just the way the stone age indians would do it there's so many things that just we've lost so all the studies in this blog post that i have also all of them say that early potty training is better and that delayed after two years old. This is actually delayed, you guys. Two years old and up, potty training is actually late. Okay. It is not developmentally appropriate. If mm. you have a two-year-old or up, there's no 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 blame, no shame. We're in a diapering culture, I'll just get it done and I can help you with that. Um, but it causes and, and has been known to cause UTI and medical constipation. But think about self-esteem wise. You're you're right. having to go into a corner in your daycare around mm. other kids and poop your pants. How embarrassing and shaming. And why do we think that's the gentler way? It 
just drives me nuts. Like we have been completely brainwashed and it's by exquisite marketing. And trust me, I'm trying to learn the way of the marketing of the diaper so that I can use it with EC because I want, (laughs) I want to do what they do. You know, they're really good at it, but you know, just get you thinking like, what do people do in the world right now where there aren't diapers? Well, unfortunately, disposable diapers are infiltrating everywhere and nobody has the landfill to, to help in Thailand. When I went a few years ago, diapers all up on the side of the road and three and four year olds in Bangkok wearing diapers, disposables. And I, I have, just like, I have been in rural villages in India and seen, um, and seen absolutely seen diaper free babies, um, and yeah. diaper free toddlers. And, uh, I mean, I remember before I was even super deep in the birth world when I went to India for a long time and I was like 18 or 19, I remember noticing that before I even knew about EC. And, you know, I I remember seeing women in the streets with their little babies on their legs, you know, with some oil and doing infant massage and all talking and, um, and all these babies being uh, diaper free and doing infant massage just so normally. And that was when I came home and was like, okay. Yeah. Awesome. And and so some parents listening to that, some parents listening to that are like, whoa, I can't have my baby without diapers. You guys, diaper free does not mean diaper less. I use backups. I have my baby in disposables right now as a backup. I reuse the same disposable at least five times today. I'm not using that many. And I don't feel bad about it because honestly, I have five kids and I cannot, I cannot. And we should just say that like, I mean, you already kind of said it, but yeah, you don't have to be about feeling bad. I mean, this is, and there's no, you know, the goal, it's called elimination communication. So the goal is to communicate around and to learn about each other, to learn exactly. And and so just like free birth and the entire, you know, point of this, this podcast and literally everything I do in the world is (laughs) reminding and encouraging and, and bringing light to that, that mama's instincts actually do know best and that we can trust those and that we're so inundated with the lie that we have to turn outside, you know, for, for dealing with our babies. And it's just simply not true. And so this is a shining example of that. Um, so let's, let's get to some, some, some nuts and bolts practical. Yeah. yeah. So let's go newborn first. Um, and what is that? What does that look like from, you know, day one on? So with my first, I started right away with sound association and observation. Yeah. Because I read Diaper for Baby. I hadn't written my book yet. I wrote my book when he was five months old, um, which is very how-to. I'm sorry. None of the other, but I know all the other authors, they're wonderful. And all of the books offer something really unique. Mine is the one that's like the how-to. How do you do this? because I had a hard time with my first one. My last four babies, I've started from day one, from moment one, because I felt confident with it. Um, and but when we're saying starting, you mean catching. I mean like holding them over the yeah. top hat potty. Yeah. And like making the noise right away and, you know, getting them when they wake up right away. That's so awesome. here, here's how, so with the first one, I just, I sort of eased in by and I did, we did catch the first meconium with the first one. Oh my gosh. We saw him grimacing and we were like, we don't want to clean that up off his butt. Totally. You know, nasty, yeah. Put olive oil on your baby's butt to prepare for that first poop. We didn't have to do that. So held him over the toilet. Actually, my partner at the time stuffed the toilet underneath him and I was holding him. So, oh, this is how you hold them. Um, for an in-arms baby. So you want to talk about newborns who don't have any neck control mm-hmm. um, or crawling semi-mobile babies. You don't really want to do this with a walking baby, but you can in a public toilet. It's really helpful. You hold them into this deep squat position. So um, there are pictures of this on my website, but basically you hold them underneath their thighs and their back is laid uh, across your, like on your sternum. Like a bucket. (laughs) Yeah. So you're like the baby's leaning up against you in front of you, their head's right underneath your head. You're both facing forward. You've got your hands underneath their thighs and you're kind of aiming. And if there's a 
a, a boy child, you can aim their penis with one of your fingers, which is pretty easy when they're small. Um, so that's the in arms classic hold. Talk and, about uh, the multitasker mom, right? <laughs> and while you're trying to aim, the, yeah, that's amazing. let me tell you though, both of my girls pee straight out when they're little babies. Oh, and really? It's like harder than the boys. Oh, okay. funny. Yeah. I mean, you can cup it with your hand and then, but anyway. So okay. yeah, I want to talk so, about yeah. the newborn stage specifically because I want you to explain because uh, I wish I had known you back then and I could have asked you this then. I didn't start it right away. I mean, I started the like observing and the noise, but but the actual catching because I felt, and, you know, it was my first baby, I felt like she was pooping and peeing all the time. So I didn't yeah. really learn her rhythm. She didn't even really have a rhythm, it seemed. I could have been, I could be wrong, but it just seemed like she was she was pooping during breastfeeding. She was peeing all the yeah. time. I, I didn't know how to, yeah. So it took a while. It took a good couple of weeks of observing that and her kind of chilling out and getting a flow for me to feel like it was even <laughs> reasonable to, 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 to catch them. But I know that's not actually true since you did it from birth. So yeah, maybe demystify that a little bit for anyone who felt the same as me. Absolutely. So when you have a newborn, they only peer poop supposedly, well, the hospital will tell you is one time for every day they are old. And that's how they gauge if your baby's got the elimination right. going well or not. And um, I've, I've had two of my babies in the hospital, as you know, although we weren't there long, we broke out of the jail very quickly. <laughs> um, but I, I enlightened many nurses by pottying them and they got mad at me because they wanted her to pee in this diaper with this little pad in it. And I was like, well, I just caught her pee on this bigger pad. Like she was naked. It's a nerve. It wouldn't take it. I was like, whatever. Okay. So with a newborn, (laughs) um, they are not going to pee and poop that much. So it's the best time to start because they're not going all the time. Their plumbing hasn't really started working yet. They're going to have meconium for the first couple of days. Then when your milk comes in, when you get the porn boobs, your baby's <laughs> going to get the good milk. You know, the, not the, the, they're all good, but the, the milk that's like streaming and you can't get yeah. it to stop, like that photograph on your Instagram recently. Uh-huh. The, so that changes their poop to the seedy, mustardy, greenish to yellowish really bright oftentimes, um, runny poop. Now, when that's about to happen, you know, you get a little bit of warning, but it doesn't happen very often yet. So the first week, if you start the first week, it's amazing because basically you can see, are they getting uncomfortable? So, okay. First of all, when they just wake up, so they sleep all the time in the beginning. So when they wake up, the first thing I do is help them eliminate themselves, eliminate the waste so they can feel comfortable and really latch well. If a baby needs to pee or poo or burp, they're going to pop off the breast. So mm. that's actually a signal that you know they need to go. So you might think you're having problems, issues with letdown or pee, mm. I mean, sorry, or, or breast milk uh, supply, all that stuff. But it might actually be that your baby needs to go to the bathroom. It's not comfortable. Yeah. How can, I mean, I can't go, I can't eat breakfast. Totally. So, yeah. you know, um, you can, if they're Such going- Such a good point, right? Like d- before yeah. you can clip your tongue tie, just just make sure they're, they don't have to pee or poop. Exactly. Like you're, yeah, you, you want to look at this w- whole picture. So you zoom out, you look at the whole baby. Well, part of the baby that we've been taught to ignore is the elimination. They, they don't have a rhythm to anything in the beginning. And I've been really frustrated with sleep lately. Um, obviously everybody is, but I, I don't think I've had a full night's sleep in eight years. And it's kind of getting to me. Um, it goes in waves, but like, you know, being pregnant or having a baby all the time nursing, mm-hmm. I, I have not had much sleep. So when, um, yeah, when they wake up, they have to go to the bathroom. So they're sleeping all the time in the beginning when they wake up, just hold them over and 
make that noise, run some water if you need to. I, I often potty my babies over the sink, which people think is gross, but me I don't too. Care. That's when I do it. It's so easy to clean it. And yeah. just like, I'll even take a bleach wipe and wipe it out, you know, like every day. But oftentimes I just run some warm water, rinse it down. It's benign. It's breast milk. Totally. Poop. It's like, and physically for me, for, for the it's mother, easy it's down. easy to hold. Yes. And I had a neck issue for a lot of a oh, lot yeah. of my first year with her and there was no way I could pretty much hold her in any other way. So absolutely. And if yeah. you can't, if you've had a C-section, you can't hold her. Right. right. Um, you just have her on a pad and you do the sound association mm-hmm. it is helpful. And if your partner's there, guys are really great at taking on this role. I love mm-hmm. that your husband um, read the book first. Um, I have a lot of dads who buy my book and like read up on things and then that's their job with the baby because they hear I love it. I think it's so good as a feminist who constantly sees men, in my opinion, overstepping or understepping in this arena. Uh, it just did with birth and pregnancy. I I love it because it doesn't overstep the mother's, you know, experience and the breastfeeding and the birth and all of that. It's like this other thing that, you know, the, the dad I found for me personally with, with my partner that he actually, I was telling you this the other day when we were talking, he's even, was more tuned in to her elimination communication than I was because I was very quick and I'm better about it now, but she's almost a year old. In the beginning, I would, anytime she would make anything, you know, any uncomfortable noise, I'd be like, oh, she's hungry and immediately go to get my boobs out. And he was like, hold on, maybe she just has to pee or maybe she just has to poop. And he was right so much of the time. And that was very impressive to me. And it, it really really increased their bond guaranteed. I mean, that was for them to have that. And it wasn't like I didn't do it, but he was definitely the leader of it. Um, and like I said, I, I became injured pretty quickly after I had her. And so he really handled that. And it, it was beautiful. It was beautiful to see and in no way encroached on what I was doing with her. It's awesome. My husband's awesome at it. Um, sometimes he'll like pat and soothe. And I'm like, you're soothing her into peeing in her diaper, honey. And he's like, oh yeah, sorry, sorry. It's so ingrained even in him. So, you know, we, we definitely want to support our partners, our men, our husbands, even our same sex partners. And we want to give that role, the one who's not doing the breastfeeding, the one who's not doing all the waking up all night with the baby. It's a great role to have is to be the EC daddy or whatever, you know, um, whatever the situation is, you know, um, I think, uh, so newborn, very nuts and bolts, you guys, when they wake up, you offer the potty. When they make that face where they're, you think they're smiling at you and they're like, oh, look at her first smile. Oh, she's smiling at me, honey. And then you hear explosion and you're like, okay, I learned that was not a smile. That was a grimace. And that was a signal that she needs to poop. And next time I'm going to say, wait, and I'm going to open up the diaper and they can hold it. They have stranger control at birth. So you say wait. I say wait because Okay, interesting. It's this thing, it's repetition Mm -hmm. where when they're a little bit older and they start to make that face at the high chair, which has really common between like six and 12 months, they start to poop in the high chair because they're sitting Mm. and they're relaxed. And they're like, I'm just going to go right now. If they're wearing a diaper, why not? So you see them grimace at that time and you say, wait. And we we have run through our house so many times. It's hilarious. Yeah, I just, I just did this morning. Yeah. <laughs> like poop coming out of her butt. I was like, wait. And some people might think you're in service to the child. This is like doting. This is too much. No, we are helping them with what they can't do by themselves until they can do it by themselves. And then between 12 and 18 months, which is the Montessori sensitive period for this particular task, this hygiene task in the Montessori preschools, if they're doing it by the Montessori book, which they should be, but many of them don't anymore. 
12 to 18 months, they're wearing cotton pants in class. They're all going Mm. to the bathroom. It is that task. At that age, they are gaining control and mastery of their bodies. And we're teaching them where to put their waist. And it's super important. It's also, you know, partially selfish that like, I don't, I don't want to clean no. shitty cloth diapers. Like that doesn't, that I've done it. It doesn't interest me. This is better. <laughs> okay, yeah, so let's gonna, go. We're going we're to move into cloth after she's kind of out of the fourth trimester and I, and she's a little bigger and I've got my whole stash. I do nice. a really quick, easy EC diapering where it's not all snappy and done mm. up and everything. Easy well, on. So, easy. Okay. So let's talk about that. So do you feel, okay. So we're still in fourth trimester. Um, mm-hmm. You're offering it. You're doing the. You're um, look, waiting for the grimace. Uh, anything else around newborn stuff? Yeah. So when you feel like you've had a miss, which is our term for an accident, because it's not an accident. It's that you guys have right. missed the communication. You've missed the signal. Whatever. You maybe missed the toilet. That's happened before. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mine peed all over my foot the other day because I was trying to. Oh yeah. My eight-year-old something. And, yeah. but I, you know, he got to clean it up because he was anyway, long story. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're doing a family, it's a family thing in our house. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we're looking for when they wake up, when they're pooping during a diaper change, because often people who don't do EC will get peed on when they're changing a diaper and they think it's the cold air hitting the mm-hmm. genitals. That is not true. It is finally, you idiot, have figured it out and right. diaper off me. I'm going to be yay. Totally. And then at, we condition them to go into their diaper. We really so work quickly. on that. I yeah. mean, they're born and then we're like, this is what you do. Like you're going to have to poop and pee and then this yeah. is what you do. So exactly. I love it. I love the idea of starting from, from day one and I'm excited to do that with my next because yeah. exactly. You're teaching them from day one, whether you like it or not. So if you aren't doing anything and you're just doing diaper culture, then you're teaching them that if you're catching and, and, and again, you know, remembering in the newborn stage, if you're honoring your 40 days, if you're trying to stay in bed, if you tore, if, if you had a C-section, any of that, I mean, really regardless of your circumstances, if you just had a baby, uh, hopefully you're resting as much as possible. And so you just have a little potty. You can buy one from Andrea. There's others online. You could just use a bowl and you just keep it near you so that you don't have to be getting up and going to the sink if that feels like a little bit, you know, like you're not quite ready for that. You don't have to leave your bed. You can do this from your bed. I had um, leftover Chuck's pads for my first birth, which was the home birth with all the midwives. And I, I just pottied him over that. I'd fold over a quarter exactly. of it, potty him on it again. And I used all those up because mm-hmm. I needed to, I, I felt bad about throwing those away too. Yeah. So the other thing that's really important is if you have your baby diaper list, now some people do EC with no diapers completely the whole time. Sometimes this can be a problem um, if you do too much diaper free time. So yeah, your newborn's going to pee all the time. They will pee less often if there's something that they instinctively can resist. So if you think about it, like if I am wearing this, then I'm going to be a little bit more likely to tell my mom or my dad that I need to go, even as a newborn. Um, If I'm not wearing anything, I'll just pee a little here, pee a little there, pee a little there. They're going to go more often. So they start to consolidate when they're wearing the right backup and the backup can be a disposable it's possible with a cloth inside of it. It can be um, a cloth diaper. It could be just those workhorses, which I love, that are just the insert of the cloth diaper that have a little Velcros on them. Mm-hmm. It can be anything you want it to be. In India, they have these little underwear that they'll wear and they'll just wash the one every day if it gets soiled. It's a backup, not a toilet. So mm-hmm. if you start from day one, even with just EC awareness, which counts, you're aware of their movements, which is way more than most people 
people who are just doing whatever mm-hmm. the culture is saying. And again, nobody's to blame here except for these companies who want to make except money. Except for who's to blame, which is not you listening. Not <laughs> the parents. I'm not, I, I mean, and people will defend, oh, we late trained and it was so easy. And I'm like, great for you. That's great. great. This isn't for you. But you know, if this appeals to you and you're like, well, this is crazy. So you can use any, dis- any backup you want. Um, typically, if you're going to use diapers for three years and then at night, probably for six years, then think about using diapers only for tw- 11 or 12 months is way less. And you're, you should pat yourself on the shoulder for that. And you're going to reuse them a lot. Mm-hmm. So I like to use a combination of cloth and disposable, depending on the stage of the baby at night. If I want them to sleep more, usually a disposable will help them sleep more, honestly. Um, because my baby's just cloth. They're like, Ooh, that feels so good. And they'll just pee in it and they don't care. So there's every baby's different, right? And no guilt with a newborn though. If you have them naked all the time, they'll probably pee all the time. I know a lot of women in the free birth community and, and myself included, you know, keep, keep the baby pretty naked in, in, if circumstances allow, like I was on Maui. So it was very easy to, for me to be naked and the baby to be naked and just, you know, would lay her on, um, reusable pads. And what I found, it's not like she was always naked, but what I found was when she was naked it upped the Annie for me to be more aware of her because I didn't want her peeing on everything. And so the days that we intentionally were like, we're going to stay home and she's staying naked and we're going to give her the opportunity to pee every 20 or 30 minutes. And we set a timer on one of our phones and we did that for three days in a row right before we left just to like dial it in. And it was awesome. And we were we were on so on top of it, again, incentivized because we were like letting her be on us and on our couch. And, you know, we weren't like, we weren't diapering her. And, um, and yeah, she was only a couple weeks old and we set a timer and it, we made it be a thing for a couple of days and didn't leave the house because otherwise if we left the house, we were going to obviously diaper her. And, um, and, and it was, it felt like training a puppy. We just did it. And every 20 minutes we had her over the little baby Bjorn thing with the noise and she didn't pee every time, you know, it was just a quick, like, Hey, you want to do this? No. Okay. That's fine. And if she missed it, we would set the timer for like, 10 more minutes or something. And then if she did pee, we'd wait 30 or something. It was totally not, it might sound stressful listening to it, but it wasn't. It was totally like a fun thing that we did to get on top of it. And it, it, I guess the lesson I learned because she, she seemed like fully trained after doing that for a couple of days. And the lesson I learned from that, and then again, now cut to 11 months later where she hasn't pooped in her diaper for whatever it's been, four months, is you get out what you put in. You know, by, by doing that and by upping the ante of my personal investment in it, she responded. She, res- she has responded to any amount that I've done. So I've, we've moved, you know, three times since she was born. So there's been totally times and with my neck issue where I'm just like, it's not happening today. Like I can't even pick you up. Which is fine. Of course, of course. And, and so I'll just like tell her like, Hey, it's not happening today. I'm sorry. (laughs) And, you know, and then we have, obviously we're using diapers and, and whether it's cloth or disposable or whatever. And, And I guess the point of that was, it's just been so fascinating. And so, um, such a lesson in motherhood and not just in motherhood, but in relationship that I am getting what I put in the days that I'm on it. She's down, you know, because she's going to poop or pee regardless of how I feel about it. Right. She's going to poop and pee. And so if I'm on it um, and I'm aware and I'm tuned in and I'm paying attention and I'm speaking with her and and I'm listening, um, 
she has dry diapers. And how that feedback loop is what that's doing for our relationship and for my own confidence as a mother and our relationship as friends, (laughs) you know, and as, as people who are getting to know each other, it's just, it's so profound the relationship that it has, or, or the, the, the foundation that it has given to us. Um, I've heard that from every single parent. Yeah. It's been hundreds of thousands of parents that I've helped learn EC now. Every single one of them has mentioned that as something that's been a huge benefit. Yeah. Oh, I don't have to change poopy diapers or yeah, this or that, or, you know, my kid went back to preschool, but we still trained by 18 months because we'd still did it at home. Like you can right. do it around daycare. Right. You don't have to do it full time. Mm-hmm. All the feedback though, it all comes down to, there is another layer of connection. It's mm-hmm. not better or worse than any other way of parenting, but it probably is going to enhance your connection and make I you mean, I would say confident. it's better. I would I say think it's better. it's better, but you know, people get pissed off at me when yeah, I say Yeah, well, this is not the podcast to listen to. <laughs> I know your, your audience will be like, yeah, oh yeah. Okay. So I could also curse. Get to, yeah. So no, so may I add something too, to your observation days, um, just as something that, um, so there's an observation log on my website at godiperfree.com forward slash observation dash log, and it's free and you can download it. And so what I recommend doing, so what you did is, um, awesome. And it's, it's great. It's clock timing and you're, you're going off of, and then you're adjusting the intervals. So that is one way to do it. Another way to do it is to go from waking up or from a feeding, just pick one event, and then you will time and see how often they wet or soil themselves and then find a rhythm. And this is really after the first few weeks. So it's great that you did it when you did it because in the first few weeks, everything's crazy. There's no pattern to feeding, no pattern to anything. Um, You're all just like riding on your high of just having a baby and and trying to recover in most cases. And when uh, a couple of weeks have passed, so during this time, you could just do observation and sound associations. Go along with them when they're doing it. Maybe you catch something cool. That's great. Bonus points. Um, after a couple of weeks, you can do an observation session for a couple of hours or even for a couple of days and lock down and do it and see how often are there intervals after waking or feeding. And you will see a distinct pattern come right. out. Um, I have a whole series of mini courses and one of them is potty time mastery because you don't know when your baby needs to go and my baby doesn't signal. And let me tell everybody listening, if your baby never signals and you've tried EC and you feel like you're a failure because your baby never signaled, there are three other ways to do EC. You don't have to just get signals from your baby. There are many reasons why some babies don't signal. And most of the time it's us being too distracted in today's culture where we don't pick up on signals. But oftentimes babies just won't signal. They'll stop signaling. They're on to other developmental tasks. Yeah, that's what, okay. I did want to bring that up. This is an important one. Yeah. For sure does not signal when she needs to be most <laughs> yep. of the time. That's and fine. So the only way that I've figured out how to catch them is to be proactively offering her right. because she'll just look me in the face and pee with no signal or, you know, with pooping, it's different. It's completely different, but, um, we could just roll. Well, it's not because she's even pre-signaling. It's just, it's just obvious. And I've paid you see the signs. Yeah, you see you the see signs. The signs. So sign is a, div- a little different from a signal, but it's still helpful. Mm-hmm, exactly. You're paying attention and you're like, wait, she just got quiet and still what is going right, on? Right. Right. And so I did get a little confused about that with, mm-hmm. um, after reading the diaper free babies or again, didn't read it after learning about it from my husband. Um, but I did confused, get confused because I felt like EC kind of got painted, like you're going off of your baby's signals, but I did 
notice signals when she was younger, but somewhere around three, four, five months, I was right. like, oh, you exactly. for sure trimester on the floor. <laughs> fourth trimester, you have clear signals. Right. You've got okay. a child who is very fetal still, very creature-like, just coming into their body and coming into the surroundings and sight and smell. Okay, so you have clear signals. So yeah, signals. let's move but, into- Okay, yeah. And just to- finalize the newborn section. That's why it's so great to start as a newborn too. So you set patterns as a parent where you're going to be committed to it more than, even if they're going to daycare in a few months, who cares? I don't care. Start it, get that connection, learn about your baby. It will help. Um, And then, and know that they signal much more clearly at those first three months. Then we move into mobile babies. They're rolling over, they're starting to crawl, they're starting to sit up. Um, some of them are starting to walk. So we're looking at like three to 12 months during this time. There's so much happening developmentally. And if you're into wonder weeks, you know, there's leaps that are happening. If you're into whatever Montessori teaches the different stages and everything, there are different developmental tasks and there's teeth coming in and there's also, um, food changes and they're starting to eat solids. So much is changing and maybe they're starting to sleep through the night. I hope for you, some of you, (laughs) like, if you want that, please, it's possible. It's great. You know, There are so many changes that, of course, signals will go out the window and think about it for a second. If we were in an intact culture where we are wearing very little clothing, probably, um, we are able to go out, we're in a mud hut, you're crawling, you can go out to go pee and poop where everybody else does. You're done with potty learning, done. You've been shooed out of the house a couple of times when you peed on the kitchen floor, you're done. And now you're going out where everybody else goes. You're EC days are over. Everything's done. I went to Ghana, West Africa when I was um, 19. Also had no idea what was going on, but I knew there were no diapers. I remembered that. There was a crazy man in his seventies wearing a diaper and he was the only one and, um, and everybody loved him and the babies didn't have diapers. So what did they do? Well, when they started crawling, they went out to where everybody else went. So you think about it, you're in the modern day. Um, You've got carpet, probably you've got clothing to work with. Your baby's just going to go in their diaper usually, or if they're naked, they're just going to go on the floor and they're going to crawl on. Why would they bother to tell you when instinctively for hundreds of thousands of years, they haven't had to tell anybody after around five or six months. They don't have to tell anybody because they can do it themselves. So of course they're going to stop signaling. Mm. And also too much is going on. They're going to stop signaling. So EC is um, the problem with the other books that I found. And the reason I wrote my book also is because it wasn't really comprehensive what if your baby does a signal? What do you do then? Right. Well, in the mobile baby section um, or part of life, a lot of people start at that stage. And I encourage you to, if you've got a mobile baby, it's just, you have to tweak things a little bit. So when you're observing, you might want to use, like I have training pants that you can see the turquoise ones. You can really see when they're wet. You can do observation with training pant on your mobile baby. You can do it with a diaper belt with a cloth diaper in the middle of it. So it's like a sumo style. You can do observation naked and just have to clean it all up, which is fine. But you have to modify that. Um, you might use words instead of, or you might use a mini potty instead of holding them in arms. There's a lot of things that change. They're all thoroughly covered in my book. But um, basically, you are going to go off. I call them the four roads to potty time. So there are four ways to know when your baby needs to pee. One of them is a signal or a sign. You see them bear down, or maybe they're blowing raspberries because they're trying to make that mm-hmm. noise that you make. They're going, Brrr. some babies will do that before they need to go. Some babies will just grab their, their crotch area or their bottom. Um, a lot of them will fart, whether it's pee or poop. So there's signals, lots of them. I have them all listed out from 
all over the world. Everybody reports back. These are my baby signals. So those are one way. Another way is transition times. So I was calling those the easy catches, but also like transition time. We're about to get in the car. Of course, I'm going to potty my baby first. Right. We're going to get in the car. When I get to the store, I'm going to potty my baby upon arrival. When my baby gets out of the bouncy thing, I'm going to potty my baby then. Or when my baby gets fussy after being in the bouncy thing, but potty them then. You know, So there's different times. When is a transition between one event and another or between being in a baby carrier? Oh my gosh, if your baby wearing and then you take your baby out, please potty your baby because they're probably going to be holding it the whole time and they need to go. So with a mobile baby, you could do a lot of different other things. It's really exciting time to start. And um, with that, you know, I, I guess that's about it really for the mobile babies. And then you have the young toddlers, the 12 to 18 months. If you want me to move into that, I can. Yeah. Cause I'm curious about when, how the, the actual toilet comes into play and how um, I feel like, like we were talking about before recording that, like my baby is almost 11 months. She's crawling and pulling up, but not walking, but, uh, you know, get an attitude and she clearly will need to pee or poop sometimes. And I'm still holding over the sink. Sometimes the toilet, well, toilet is poop, but I still hold her over the sink for peeing and she'll be like bucking and trying to resist and get out of my arms. But I know that she has to go to the bathroom and I'm wondering what are other options. And that is a great sign. So um, oftentimes babies will go into something called a potty pause at this time. It's because they want more independence. Right. That's what I'm feeling too. Like, I want to do it myself, but you don't really have the skill to do it yourself yet. And it's going to be a disaster, which with a lot of things. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's that's life. Yeah. It's life. So, okay. So with the mobile babies... By the way, the other two ways to know your baby needs to pee, one of them is natural timing, not clock timing, your baby's natural rhythm after waking and eating. Observation at any age is super helpful. You can learn your baby's unique rhythms, okay? The fourth one is intuition. She can't possibly need to go again. Oh, he just went five minutes ago. He can't possibly need to go again. That's actually intuition. That means you actually, it, you're cooking and you're going, oh my gosh, poop, poop. Why am I thinking about the baby poop? Yeah. The baby needs to poop. So you got to learn how to trust that intuition. Just mm-hmm. like with birthing, you learn how to trust your intuition. This also has been taken from us over many thousands of years. We can reclaim our intuition by doing EC and it really helps us to tune in. Oh my God. So, and it's the coolest yeah. thing because it, it obviously connects to everything else. But going back to the the conversation about the confidence building, like same with my partner as well, just the exactly like you said, like all of a sudden it will just, it will just occur to me out of nowhere that she has to poop or pee, um, or in the middle of the night or, or whatever, or when we're driving. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I, I, I have not had dreams about it, but I just spoke with a woman who I hope to have on here who, um, she co-sleeps and and dreams when her baby has to pee and she wakes up and she pees her baby. I do too. Oh my God. That is so awesome. Even if they're in the other room. I, I, so I co-sleep for the first few months now and then I put them in their own crib because I sleep better. They sleep. We, we just have modified what I used to be like. I was really committed. I was only AP attachment parenting with my first and I wore myself out. So, you know, I'm finding balance with that. I'll wake up in the middle of the night and dream about them needing to pee and they're in the other room. And sure enough, within 30 seconds, they're awake. I can hear them on the monitor. I go get them, potty them, put them back to sleep. Um, By the way, I would only do nighttime EC if it helps everyone get more sleep because there are times when you won't do it. And there are times when you will do it when it helps, fourth trimester, when it doesn't help, that whole middle part. And then 
Babies can be dry all night by 14 months. Some of them never till three. It really depends. So just for anybody wondering. Totally. And I I have been in, I don't do EC at night. I just, okay, I'm going to be real. I don't care enough. I'm sleeping. She's sleeping. I'm not well, doing you're it. prioritizing sleep. <laughs> yeah. you, care. you care about sleep and sleep yeah. for is way more precious. Let me tell oh you, my God. Yeah. In the middle of the night. And I'm, Sometimes. and I'm a, I'm a rested postpartum mother. I have to say, see, I, that's great. Yeah. But it's, I've done it both ways. ways. No, yeah. there's no right way. There's and no who knows wrong way. How it'll be with another kid. So I'm you living it with this one, but yes. so, um, but, but because we do so much of the, uh, e-scene and we do it, you know, upon, her real wake in the morning. Yeah. I have been so fascinated the last couple of months how I can tell that sometimes it's dry diapers when she wakes up. Sometimes it's just one one pee. Um, you know, you can just tell by the weight of it or whatever. But and then when I go potty her, how much pee comes out, and that she'll wake up and play with me, um, and then get a little irritable, and I'm like, oh right, shit, sorry. And then I go, uh, yeah, and I go take her, and so much freaking pee will come out, and I'm like, you are the smartest thing that you. It's like a puppy. It's like a puppy it's being amazing. in a crate all night. It's like a puppy yeah. being in a crate. You let them out, and they go the forever pee. It's mm-hmm. just right, and it, and that was another thing is just how how proud you feel of your baby and how smart you see that they are. You know, it's, it's so important for your whole blueprint of mothering to feel that way about your child. Success too, the pride, the connection, the success, all of that, that is so important. And you're really helping them. Even if you suck at EC, it doesn't matter. You're still, you're doing something (laughs) effort and I commend you. Like it doesn't have to be perfect. Um, Okay. So so older child. So so 12 months on. 12 months to 18 months. So you want to start and finish during this period. And I have made the mistake with my third of leaving him in diapers till 17 months during the day, even though he wasn't pooping in them pretty much his whole life, but I left him in them for the sake of daycare. Mm. Um, If your child is poop trained, you can send them to daycare or preschool in whatever backup you choose because you're paying the bill. Sorry. You can determine, you you basically say, I'm sending them in this backup. This is their rhythm. This is their routine. These are transition times that are good. Um, I have a blog post about this. It actually has a whole download that you can use and give to your preschool daycare provider. But during 12 to 18 months, it's going to be an issue if you, if you work or if you need time off and you have them in a social setting, um, it's going to be something that you're going to, oh, I don't, I can't do EC because I have to do this. No, no, you stick with it at home and on the weekends and the nights and in the mornings and they'll still get it. But 12 to 18 months. So if they're poop trained, you can send them in cloth pull up, um, which I have some of those and I have the training pants. Um, it's important to try to stay consistent with your backup between home and away. But anyway, that's, I digress. That's just my biggest, the biggest problem with people who have children in this age range. And it's why people fall off the wagon Mm. completely. They're cloth diapering. And then they start using disposables 12 to 18 months because they just are worn out. I get it. What you need to know is that during this time is the sensitive period with the Montessori school of thought. They have all these different sensitive periods for different things. It is amazing how sponge-like they are at this stage for the potty learning task. They want to do the whole thing and they want to do it themselves. They will resist if you're doing too much of it. Um, They will follow your lead. If you get lazy at this point and you just fall back on diapers instead of taking them away at this stage, they're going to follow suit and they're going to be like, well, this is a lot easier for me. I'll just go in this thing. And then you will 
end up potty training a three-year-old because you'll have lost connection. <laughs> so, so what, if in your opinion, what time frame, and of course it's different for every baby and blah, blah, blah. But what point, if you're doing, like take me for example, I feel like you have a pretty good idea of how, how it is for us right now. Yeah. Should I be moving her out of diapers? Not until she starts walking. So oh, okay. a very big developmental task. Now I took my nine, when my first was nine months old, I took him out of diapers because he started walking. Wow. And at that point, it is not developmentally appropriate to lay a baby down and change them lying down their clothing or their diapers. If they're already walking, even if they're pulling up, they're going to prefer to be standing up mm-hmm. and you want to honor that. Some yeah. people don't, but I do. Um, you want to do changes standing up. Well, I found it to be such a struggle to change his diaper at that <laughs> Yeah. That I I was just like screw this. So I I put training pants on them and they fell right off, which is again the impetus for starting right 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 years later. But I really was over it. I was over the struggle. I did want to battle my son. I also really wanted to support his learning. So we upped the ante. I even did a little mini potty training session with him at. 13 months to get him to go to the potty every time. It's just the best time for learning. It's awesome. For your situation, 11 months old, pulling up to standing, but not really walking yet. Once she has mastered walking, she's going to be available mentally to really focus on completion with this task. So you're going to want to take her out of daytime diapers. She's waking up dry. Nighttime follows daytime organically anyway. Even if you don't lift a finger nighttime, you're going to have success. It's fine. Focus on daytime. So for daytime, excluding naps, you can have her diaper free, but not naked unless naked works. So if naked all the time, you don't have pee all over the floor all the time. Great. If you've got pee all over the floor, whatever, wherever, that is that. (laughs) And you're going to be stressed out and you're going to be like, and everybody's going to judge you and you're going to feel stupid. So it doesn't feel right. You want to use the backup that works the best for whatever, wherever you're at. I have a whole blog post on backups. It's awesome. It tells you exactly what I've done with all my babies and what other people have done. Okay. So you are pretty much keeping your babes in diapers until they've mastered walking. And that's the developmental transition to get out of daytime diapers and give them that authority to like paint me a picture of Okay, so so your baby or or my baby, whatever, is mastered walking and they're in their little cute backups and what happens? <laughs> like, are they walking into the bathroom where their toilet is? Is it a baby toilet or are they needing help to get up on the toilet? Like, paint me right. a picture of what that looks like. With backups and with receptacles and with the location of the potty, everything is pliable and flexible, whatever works the best. For some time, you might have to potty outside and that's the only place she'll go. <laughs> if that's the case, then you do that for a little while. Sure. Um, what you're, what day in and day out, you're going to be focused on the easy catches like always, you know, the wake up pee. Sometimes at that age, all I can get is the wake up pee because the rest of the time they're focused on other things. The wake up pee feels successful. I'm committed to it. It's great. And it's easy. Yeah. It's easy. And the poops generally are easy as well. But are you carrying her or him with that wake up pee with a a 12 month and over they've mastered walking? What does that hold look like? So for, so for this age, I would have them, I would definitely transition as they start to walk. I would transition from in arms holds to, um, unless they're like fussy or sleep or tired or you're in public and you need to hold them over the toilet to really teach them how to mount the potty 
I have a new mini potty coming out, a little one that they that is really good for 12 to 18 months because they don't make them anymore. But they want they need to be able to have success with mounting the potty. So you can teach them or you can um, have a, a slightly older kid teach them. But you want to teach them how to get onto the potty themselves. So a fake um, one, not the one that adults are using. It's it's a like a miniature one. for a, for a child, yeah. For a so child. it's on the floor, maybe on the floor like near the bigger toilet. Now, I'll, however, if you have escapee problems because they run off and they haven't finished pooping or whatever, <laughs> you're going to want to um, contain them by using a toilet seat reducer on the big toilet. So again, it really just depends. Uh, yeah. This is why my book comes with support because. Right. There are so many variables. It's impossible to cover them all, of but course. we have like a really good community of, and I have coaches and myself, we all help each other like troubleshoot. Everything is figure outable. You can figure out anything, but you're going to have a toilet seat reducer or the mini potty. Okay. And you're really going to want to transition to all of that and get rid of daytime diapers as soon after walking as you feel it's right. Like cool. that intuition. And then your job from 12 to 18 months, this is while long, um, short-term and long-term, mostly long-term repetitive memory is, is able to be stored in the brain. So you've got children who are able to start singing songs and doing repetitive things. Same thing with the routine. So you do the same routine every single time. I have a board book called Tiny Potty that explains the routine and does not focus on, am I ready to be out of diapers and all that crap? And it's a unisex kind of a genderless. It's, a, it's the whole routine. The point of that book is to show the routine to this child over and over and over again. It's a kid's and book? Have, and it's, a, it's for six months and up. Cute. Just like my undies and everything, six months and up. So you want to you wanna really reinforce the routine, have them do as much of it themselves as possible, even pretend to wipe and put the toilet paper in, um, flush, turn on the lights, wash their hands, everything, all parts of the routine. And you want to really focus on teaching what you intuit are the things that are missing. I want to do it myself, help them do it themselves. 12 to 18 months is sort of the long stretch of teaching them that, handing the baton. This is their, mm -hmm. their keys to the castle. Here you go. This, this period is all about teaching. It's all about having the appropriate backups. It's about paying attention. If they're in daycare or preschool, it's about um, poop training them at home yeah. and teaching them the language that they need. Or the, if they can point, if they can tell you that they're hungry, they can tell you that they totally. need to yeah. And they don't have to do that with words. So you you want to really get to know them, educate your caregivers, and really focus on wrap up. Sometimes it lingers on until 20 months. If it gets longer than 24 months, you wrap it up with a potty training experience. You're not doing EC anymore. We're potty training. We're done. And you can use my other book for that. A lot of people have a good experience with both of them. They use one for this period and one for that period. But what you want to do with EC is it's not child-led. Your child did not choose to get into diapers. Right, Your child right. does not get to choose when to get out of diapers. There is no child who's going to say, I'm ready to get out of diapers. Right. It's not, it doesn't make any sense. It's a, it's a, it's a marketing message. You get to choose and these are the tools to do it. And in my book, I have all of the building blocks to potty independence. It's very just, it's so, you want to, you want to know pride. You already experience it, but when they are like doing it, just oh to God. give you an example, my daughter um, who's five now, 13 months I took her out. Of, okay. So I did half-ass. I did almost no EC, like two months to eight months. And then I was like, honey, crap, we're doing terribly. Right. Back on track with her. Um, got her in the cloth diapers, 13 months. She was telling me every time. And I took her out of diapers. No, 13 months. I took her out of diapers. 15 months. She was telling me every single time. She did not have any accidents from 15 months on. 
Wow. Amazing. And preschool, non-issue. They How were, was she telling you? She'd say the word pee-pee. Oh, okay. Cool. So yeah. it's, and it, it's, it's amazing. Like my 22 month old will grab his butt and look at me. So <laughs> every, and he doesn't talk as much. So every, every child has mm-hmm. this capability. It's amazing. Beautiful. So 12 to 18 months, you're going to start and finish. And that's it. And you, when, when your child starts to walk and has really finished, gotten over that hump, their brain is now freed up. You're going to start to hand the baton off. Mm-hmm. And that's what you see it as. It's on the job training. You're teaching them just like you teach them how to tie their shoes someday or ride a bike or teach the ABCs. And it's going to come out all backwards and sideways at first, A, B, L, M, N, O, T. Right. And then they'll get it. Mm-hmm. You just have to sort of stick with it. The diaper from zero months to 18 months is always a backup, even when you're not mm-hmm. really great at EC. Mm-hmm. It is not yeah. a toilet. That's it's the main point. Think about it. Yeah. Oh, and not, so would you, would you recommend with like my situation of putting her little baby Bjorn thing in the bathroom where she could crawl to it and then putting her on it instead of still holding over the sink? Yeah. You can absolutely start transitioning with that right now. And some okay. people will do a thing where they crawl to it and they touch it. Mm-hmm. I and heard that. it's this training where they're teaching them to touch the So body. cute. And you know what? All of mine have like banged on the door to go outside or banged on the bathroom door at a very young age. So it's, yeah. it's possible to <laughs> use that. Yeah. And, and it's been fun. And now that she's doing it in the toilet, you know, it's just to, to see the things come online. Like she watches it. She's curious about it. You know, we flush and say goodbye to it. It's It's all happening and she's you know, 10 months. And so, yeah, I think that sound, that feels right because she's definitely trying to get out of my arms a lot. So I think I'll try sitting her on her little Bjorn so that she can take her time. Cause sometimes it takes so long. I'm like, my fucking arm is must like spasming up. Like I can't oh keep holding gosh, you. Yeah. You are massive. <laughs> Just stop doing it then. And yeah, you, exactly. you want to close the door and lock it and you're in there with them. And oftentimes this is the biggest tip I could give everybody listening. If your baby is like resisting and wanting to jump off the toilet or whatever, pretend like you're doing something else. Like you're picking your, your, um, your, pluck your eyebrows or do something like really intensely focus on something else. Mm -hmm. It gives them privacy without you having to leave the room. And then nine times out of 10, they'll just go while your back is turned. It's really cool. Love it. They want that. They want privacy. They're, they're just great. Yeah. Fair enough. Okay. So. Yeah. So, I mean, you've said it throughout the the episode, but, but just for, for, to wrap it up, how and where can everyone reach you? And if you want to speak a little bit to the community support, that just sounds so interesting and cool. So give us a little wrap up of how people can find you. Absolutely. You can find me at godiaperfree.com and you can find the easy start guide, the free guide that shows like a little synopsis of things. It's a one pager. It's super low commitment. <laughs> um, and, and often people can start just from this. It's at godiaperfree.com forward slash start. Very easy. Um, I have a blog. I have a podcast that in 2019 is getting a whole overhaul. Got a YouTube channel. I've got tons of really awesome free resources. Then I also have my book, which comes with a private video library, an audiobook, a digital version. You can get a paperback version too. And it's got, um, uh, the video library is just amazing. Nice. And then, and then you've got access to this private community and, um, it's run by my coaches who have trained myself. Um, you can find other parents across the world. who We all have read the same book. We're all giving each other the same similar advice. It is the most supportive, amazing, kind community. Mm. We have 
never had an issue in our community. It's beautiful. And everybody's really willing to support and very vocal and active. So that comes with the book as well. And then I also have my potty training book on there. And I also have two board books, one for daytime, one for nighttime. And then the seven mini courses, one on starting at birth, one on outings, all the major issue areas uh-huh. I've covered because I, I just get tired of answering the questions. All right. The time. <laughs> like one thing. I need and to do that. Lots of yeah. It's really helpful. So, and, and, and again, you can also learn EC from my website without buying a thing, but if you need extra handholding, I'm totally there. And I've got all of these resources because when I first started, I couldn't figure out a lot of this stuff. Sure. So you want to talk about demystifying and making you feel really competent at this? my book would be the best resource. Nice. Um, and in 2019, I'm going to do a full on course with a lot more support and a lot more like hand holding and stuff. Um, and you know, if you're part of any of my email lists, you'll know about that. And then tinyundies.com. So oh, you're yeah. not going to find things that fit. I have all the things over there and they're really cute and they're totally gender neutral and like wholesome. So <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Who's I got to check that website out. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you. I think this is, we, we accomplished our goal, I think, to give people the, the confidence and, and the tools to start it up. And, um, and yeah, I hope you guys will reach out to us and let us know how it's going and please find Andrea on her website and so many free, wonderful website or resources. Um, and yeah, thank you for your yeah. time. Yeah. You're so welcome. Yeah. I'm excited to hear everybody's stories. Thanks for having me. All right. Take care. You too. that's it for today, everyone. Join us next week for another episode of the Free Birth Podcast. Thanks for joining us. And remember, your body, your choice. Lots of love.